Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio. This weird little fish can teach us a few things. Kansas ag-ag law, another one bites the dust. Unsolved mystery, the exotic animal heist in Riverside, California. Hello, I'm William Mayoff. And I am Nancy DeFabio, and we're here with our producer, Dale Chadwick. How are you doing? Hello, Dale. Hello, Dale. Welcome to Animal News Magazine, a live radio show about animals. Topics range from animals in science, to animals in entertainment, to animals in religion, and to animals in agriculture. Animals play an important role in our daily lives, and this show is about increasing our knowledge and understanding of the animal world, and from that information, you can draw your own conclusions. Today, our guest is Liz White. I'm really looking forward to talking with her. She is the leader of the Animal Protection Party of Canada. She's going to update us on current issues in Canada. I think this is very exciting, very innovative, and um, I look forward to, to listening and, to what she has to say about what's going on in the animal world in Canada. And initiatives in Canada uh, can be... Uh Listen to and emulated worldwide. So Correct. it sets precedents and trends. Correct. And we encourage and look forward to. Uh, and vice good versa, because happening. it just passed an AGAG law in Alberta, and uh, we're going to talk about Kansas pretty soon. So hopefully, maybe some of our First Amendment here in the U.S. will bleed into Canada. But we can talk about that when she hops on at 2 30. So that's going to be fun. That's very nice. Um, but so, first, so, but first, without further ado, you, the people who have cats and, I guess, dogs will appreciate this little joke. So what is the difference between a cat and a dog? Well, a dog thinks humans, they, they're, they're benevolent. They feed me and they take care of me. They take me for walks. They scratch me. So they must be gods. Now, cats think Humans are benevolent, they give me treats, they feed me, they take care of me, my warm little bed, my little cat condo, so I must be God. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, let's start with a man rushes his limp dog to the veterinarian. The doctor pronounces the dog dead. Do you want to tell the joke at the joke? Well, isn't the, aren't we on a joke roll here? <laughs> yeah, you can tell. Yeah, We're on a joke roll? Go in a joke roll. Because that, well, that's such a tease that half the list is going to go nuts. You know, the board's going to light up. So anyway, the doctor pronounces the dog dead after he's rushed his limp dog to the veterinarian. The agitated man demands a second opinion. The vet goes into the back room and comes out with a cat. The cat sniffs the body and meows. The vet says, I'm sorry, but the cat thinks that your dog is dead too. The man is still unwilling to accept that his dog is dead. The vet brings in a black Labrador. The lab sniffs the body and barks. The vet says, I'm sorry, but the lab thinks your dog is dead too. The man finally resigns to the diagnosis and asks how much he owes. The vet answers, $700. $700 to tell me my dog is dead, exclaims the man. Well, the vet replies, I would only have charged you 100 for my, for my initial diagnosis, 
The additional 600 is for the CAT scan and lab tests. Yeah. So that was from Terry Waterman uh, in Riverside, California. So Beautiful. I thought we'd Thank uh, you. tell that one too. Thank you. That's too much humor. We've got to get serious. To Jerry. Yeah. All right. So what about the weird little fish inspires the development of super grippers? Suction cups are pretty handy. They can hold up a shaving mirror in the shower or hang a small picture on a bedroom wall. But these devices don't work on all surfaces or hold heavy objects. At least they didn't until now. Researchers claim to have developed a super suction device modeled on the rock-grabbing skills of the fittingly named clingfish. The finger-sized northern clingfish lives along the Pacific coast of North America. It ranges from southern Alaska to just south of the U.S.-Mexico border. Northern clingfish tend to live in coastal areas where currents swish back and forth powerfully between rocks, and a pounding surf can easily wash away anything that isn't firmly attached to the rocks. Over many generations, clingfish developed the ability to hold onto the rocks despite the pounding of strong waves and currents. This little creature's pectoral and pelvic fins form a suction cup under its belly. The fin's grip is very sturdy. These fish can withstand a pulling force equal to more than 150 times their weight. It's amazing. Petra Dishia is a biochemist. She studies how living things move. She investigated the clingfish's gripping abilities while working at the University of Washington in Friday Harbor. The study of the rock-grabbing abilities of this tiny creature led to the creation of a super-strong suction cup. The new device can adhere to rough surfaces so long as any existing bumps are smaller than 270 micrometers, mm-hmm. 0.01 inches across. Once attached, the cup's grip can be quite long-lasting. One suction cup held its grip on a rock underwater for three weeks. Can you believe it? Three weeks. Petra notes, we only stopped that test because someone else needed the tank, she explained. (laughs) In a more informal test, one of the suction cups remained stuck to Petra's office wall for months. It never fell off. She only took it down when she moved out of that office. Petra and teammate Adam Summers explained their innovative device in September in the Journal of Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society. Yeah, it's a. Isn't that a story? So we look to nature. It's a neat paper. It's really interesting to read. We get inspired. Where can they buy these products? Have these been massively produced? I don't think they're in production yet. But you know, it's amazing how we can. You know, animals are so important. This there there are a few things that were inspired by animals. I like to look up this stuff. There's a robotic a robotic arm that was inspired by an elephant trunk. I'm not going to to I'm not going to go into details. This is fascinating. Suction cups, trunks. A solar-powered, bat-inspired spy plane. You you see this plane. It's a spy plane uh, developed by the U.S. government. And it looks like a bat. It's amazing. Is it solar or sonar? No, it's solar. Not sonar? I don't know if it has sonar capabilities, but it has a solar panel. Solar-powered by bats, but aren't bats nocturnal? Uh, of course, they're, yes, they so are. So how could it be so solar? Okay, I guess they have Well, it's certain, a plane. Like, this is not a bat. It's inspired by bats. It's inspired by bats. <laughs> it's not an actual bat. Same bat time. Same it's bat inspired time. by bats. They have this um, is a bullet train that has a nose like a kingfish. You see this bullet train? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale, you've been to Europe a few times. Have you seen this bullet train that looks like a uh, kingfish? 
Uh, no, but they they do. They could look pretty sleek. Well, uh, you're yeah. assuming that he knows what a kingfish looks like. Yeah, do you know what a I'm kingfish not, I'm not too like? familiar with uh, a kingfish. Actually, William, I have to correct you. Well, not correct you, but there's a bat sonar navigation. That sonar helps the blind instead of solar. See, sonar sound. So, um, so it could be bat and sounds. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot more, um, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit more in another show because animals really look. They can inspire kung fu. All the martial arts. The praying mantis style you know, that we have learned. Kung, Shaolin Kung Fu praying mantis. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They inspire the monkey. The monkey technique. Exactly. Here. It's, the it's cat a monkey technique. style. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, this clingfish is amazing. And actually, I've read that it climbs waterfalls in Hawaii. It's a little nothing. And it's just amazing strength. Amazing strength. Anyway. And we see on cats, on the cats, the way they aim with their eyes for a certain place oh, that yeah. they want to. Uh, ascend to or jump to they calculate it in seconds yes. we're impressed with computers but yeah. it's all inspired by oh, yeah. either human animals animal animals it's almost like they have a little computer in yes. their head that's in their and they look and they and the cat and they can calculate. go ahead jump on top of the fridge and not miss no even uh, at least not your cats well uh, they don't miss my, my boy cat is a little bit overweight and he can still handle it he can yeah. still jump on top because he of thinks it. he's Bruce Lee Amazing. And there's continuity with this show. I say that every week. We had a, a most fantastic, uh, fascinating guest, the Batman guy. Yes. What was this Batman guy's name? Dale, you know the Brian Batman Pope. guy? Brian Pope. <laughs> and he just broke all those myths and stereotypes about bats. Yes. They're furry, friendly mammals. They're so beautiful. They can see. They're not blind. No. And they, what is it? The only thing that they sleep upside down. The only thing they write it up is go to the bathroom, right? Right, right of course. But yeah. otherwise, they're upside because down. Because they have to be ready to fly. Right. Yeah. So, beautiful. They're beautiful. So, so they're upside Anyways, he just enlightened us. We're going to have him back. This show's fascinating. Yes. There's a continuum yes. of ingredients here. Which brings us to January 22, the U.S., District Court of the District of Kansas struck down nearly all of Kansas's agag laws for violating the First Amendment. Nancy, what's an agag law for those who don't know? Okay, these are laws that are passed by the states. The purpose of the law, however it's written, is to prevent people who to go. The the, the laws vary depending on the state. Chilling but the effect. purpose is to prevent Gag. people who go into these animal industry farms to take video and audio tape and then publish it. To reveal it. animal to abuse. To reveal animal abuse. Okay. Uh, so basically they're um, preventing these people from uh, showing to the world, the ones who eat these animals and the ones who don't, animal cruelty what is going on inside these factory right. farms. There are health problems, there's, you know, the health risks, there's a lot of germs and stuff. And companies that have nothing to hide should not you know, right. be afraid to uh, put gags on any free speech. But actually, well, it, it, yeah, the gags free speech. Right, so they know. pay off the legislatures in whatever state, in whatever province in Canada, and then the legislature, their lines pocket, you know, fleeced with money, say, no, you can't infringe on these companies and corporations, they have a right to privacy and right. no trespass. When, 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 when they are transparent and good corporate citizens and they don't throw chickens against the wall and abuse them and shock them anally and all this stuff, when they have nothing to hide, right. they would say, welcome, come on into our, to our factory, just like they would at a donut place and samples now, actually, and all the rest. Actually, these ag laws don't only apply, people say, well, I don't care, I'm going to eat my meat, whatever, but the Iowa gag, gag law that was uh, deemed unconstitutional just uh, not long ago, That's it good. criminalized undercover investigations, uh, you know, livestock wow, facilities, wow, wow. but also puppy mills. 
So, you know, you can even go into puppy mill. People wanted to get a dog. They didn't know if that dog had been abused, malnourished. Um, so it, it prevented advocates from exposing animal cruelty and also workers' rights. There were some violations of workers' rights there. There were environmental issues, labor issues, food safety violations, and the Agag Law said, no, you can't expose any of this. So so you know what happens a, in darkness, corruption. All right. So this is not just... And this, create- by the way, the worst part of all this is that this law was enacted in 2012, and I think just in 2019, the Supreme Court said, or well, like, well, no, it was the federal U.S. District Court said, unconstitutional, over, finished. Power to them. So how many so, years? So this is, how many well, years that makes like on? seven years. So it's not just for animal rights and advocacy to do the right thing. It's for employees. Right. Some of these employees are undocumented, whatever the case may be. You know, they have digits, their fingers severed, Correct. and the conditions are, are, aren't humane, even for the employees. So even if you guys don't care about animals, Correct. and we all should, then the people that are there, if there's no transparency, they're often abused in the conveyor Correct. belt line, yeah. slicers, cutters, and all that. So, you know, look out for the, so the workers the, as well. So that's the agagal. That's the, the short version, actually. It gags. It gags free dissemination, the ability right. to go ahead and spy on these companies, and just reveal the truth. So anyway, the law which gagged free speech by banning undercover investigations at factory farms and slaughterhouses had deterred undercover investigations at animal facilities, as Nancy discussed, including factory farms for nearly three decades. Well, in December of 2018, a coalition of animal, environmental, and community advocacy groups filed the lawsuit challenging the law's constitutionality. In its decision, the court denied Kansas motion to have the case dismissed and granted motions of the coalition's motion for summary judgment thus barring the state from enforcing the ag-gag law. It's hard to say ag-gag, I'm gagging. The court's decision left intact only the portions of the law criminalizing physical damage to animals and facilities and the civil remedies for violations. Enacted in 1990, the Kansas ag law was the oldest in the United States. Kansas is a major agriculture producer with the third most cows of any state, and for 30 years its ag law has successfully prevented whistleblowers from investigating the inhumane conditions on factory farms. Federal courts have also struck down ag-ag laws in Idaho, Iowa, and Utah as unconstitutional, maintaining that the ban on undercover investigations at factory farms and slaughterhouses violates the First Amendment. Baloney. Actually, um, some people, let's... um so what is the first no, amendment? No, 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 it, it does violate the first no, amendment. No, it does violate, but I just want to say uh, people say what is that the first amendment? This is this is the I meant definition to smothering anything other than Absolutely. people to have the right to access these places. The first amendment guarantees certain freedoms such as the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, the freedom of religion and the right to assembly to assemble peacefully. So and you're an attorney and an animal yeah, lover. Absolutely. So you got some authority there, Nancy. Yeah, I have lots of authority. There's your authority. <laughs> and I'm an attorney, too, and an animal lover. Next okay. item. Next item. January 20th, 2020, so-called open rescue operations have a history in California. Animal rights organizations go undercover and shoot video of a location where animals are being neglected or abused. At a later time, they enter the property as a group and take the animals. In 1985, a group called the Animal Liberation Front broke into scientific laboratories at UC Riverside and took more than 450 animals, including a rare monkey, in what was described as the, at that time as the biggest rescue raid of its kind in history. 
More recently, six activists associated with a Berkeley organization called Direct Action Everywhere were charged with felony theft, burglary, and trespassing offenses on allegations of taking 15 chickens from McCoy's poultry farm in Sonoma County in 2018. Groups such as Direct Action Everywhere openly publicize their rescues, often live-streaming them on Facebook, and make no effort to conceal the identities of the participants. Before sunrise one day in December of 2019, burglars or rescuers, depending on whose side you're on, sneaked into Ansu Pathaks. That's A-N-S-H-U. Ansu Pathaks. P is in Peter, A-T-H-A-K, apostrophe S, exotic meat farm in Riverside County and pulled off a singular heist with the markings of an open rescue. Someone cut away a section of fence Someone backed a trailer into the gap and lured about 30 llamas and 160 ostriches inside. They also took emus, lambs, goats, alpacas, and geese. No one has come forward to claim responsibility for the break-in, but 10 days before it took place, a Sherman Oaks, California nonprofit called the Animal Hope and Wellness Foundation issued a call for volunteers via Facebook for a mass rescue in Riverside. Pathak strongly denies the allegations of neglect, Though he lives in Las Vegas, he says he visits the farm about twice a month and makes his workers send him time-stamped photos of the hose that connects to its well to make sure the water source is free of plankton and moths. He added the animals are fed thousands of pounds of alfalfa and grain each week. Pathak was born in India and raised vegetarian as part of his Hindu Brahmin upbringing. Then he made the unlikely transition to carnivore, moved to the U.S. and founded Exotic Meat Market in 1989, selling everything from alligator to zebra. He has run the farm in Riverside County for the last seven years. Comments, Nancy? Well, he actually, this farm is in Paris, California, and, and actually this story was in the L.A. Times just recently, and um, we still don't know where the animals are, and we really can't confirm who took them. And even though Maybe there was a been. lot of talk on Facebook that there was going to be a, a rescue. Have they been slaughtered? No, they were taken by a rescue group, so they're probably trying to place them on different farms. What was he doing with all these alpacas? He and all sells these? them. These are exotic animals that people <coughs> eat. People eat these animals. They eat the llamas, they eat the emus. They so, eat these. so there's a market for them in, in the United States, is that it? And yes, there is a market so for them. So people eat llamas in the United States someplace? Yes, llama meat. So this is very weird folk among us. Uh, look, you know, it's, yeah, So, so people weird. are eating alligators or they're making alligator no, bags? No, people, of course people eat alligators. I don't yeah, know if you like the base for gumbo. I don't alligator know. soup. I don't know. Yeah, really, thinking, alligator is the base for gumbo soup. I'm thinking know. for vanity things like purses and shoes. And yeah, stuff. that. Yeah, for that. But I think there's also alligator meat. Well, we'd mm. have to. Uh, yeah. Well, there there is alligator meat. I yeah. mean, they may or may not put it in gumbo, but people will eat alligator meat, and they'll have alligator purses uh, and shoes. So, and when are we gonna have an update on that? Uh, well, uh, I don't know if there's, it's ever going to be resolved. I mean, they, they're going to obviously interview all these people on Facebook who um, were planning, but you can't, if there's no witness, you don't have a license plate, you don't have, uh, I mean, it's really dark there. It's just covered in darkness, Paris, Riverside, you know, late at night. And obviously the animals aren't going to make a call to somebody and say, come and take me. 
So, uh, but uh, the interesting thing is, uh, shortly after this happened and it was uh, published, it was news, people, you have all kinds of looky-loos coming around, passers-by, checking it out. And, um, and this you saw on the internet, right, on, on YouTube or something? You no, no, this I read in the LA Times. Um, well, we have spectators coming with their cars and checking it out and saying, what is this place in Riverside County? I'm seeing some reminiscence here of the original TV show Mission Impossible where the people break in. It's a heist for the wellness you know, and the I goodness of the animals. That. When I read the story, I said, right. oh my goodness, that yeah. could be me. It's a you rescue. Know, <laughs> this is a middle-of-the-night rescue. Jailbreak. Right, jailbreak. It's a jailbreak. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. like you're, you know, you're, you're the Army Rangers or some elite squad, the Navy SEALs, yeah. and you're, you're, you're breaking in to release the abuse or to yeah. stop the abuse of animals. But, it's a righteous um, kind of thing. There was also a piece, and then we can move on to the next story. Out of fairness to, uh, to Mr. Uh, whatever Pathic, his name. Pathic. Pathic. Uh, the see these people they only rescue these animals after they have videotape of a some kind of abusive situation, so they did videotape the area, and there was uh, they it looked like they lived in poor living conditions they were not being well maintained, so they decided hey we got to take these animals. He says the owner says that this is the adjacent land that they shot that it's not his land and it is not well kept and it's not his. So he's deflecting an adjoining neighbor. Is that baloney or is that true? Well, we don't know. Well, continue. we'll bring you up updates with this. We have a, a common string on all of our shows. We bring you updates. We invite you to contact us. Nancy, what's the phone number? What's the webpage? So folks across the globe, with That's a global right. Actually, reach, we have listeners they can bring in us India. We have them see? in the UK. That is so exciting. Nancy's smiling ear, ear to ear. People in India, people where? In the UK, listen Beautiful. to us. Yeah. And God bless the UK and all yeah. their talent, all the British rock groups who care about animals. We have people in Italy. And if There's a Facebook group, and they, they're uh, a few of the members, they uh, tune see? in. So it's really exciting. Now we and ha- also we have a lot of people in Canada who of course. Uh, listen to the show. Of course. In between uh, shoveling up from that 40 centimeter snowstorm yeah. they just had in Montreal a few days ago. Anyway, anyway so and uh, actually Nancy, I'd like to address some comments in the next show. We may not have time today. This We've is, received some comments regarding Ingrid's uh, negative ones regarding Ingrid's an interview. People have uh, been uh, are upset with me for having her on the show. So we're going to talk about that at another time. You mean uh, Miss Newkirk, Ingrid? Yeah. Good so, person. Uh, Good and person. also other negative comments that I really want to address. But uh, we're not militant enough. We have to, you know. Oh, we're not militant enough? No, we're not Just militant Just one enough. quick comment about the <laughs> continuing string, the coherency of each show, somehow relating to the preceding show. Remember, we had, his name escapes me, I apologize, uh, but uh, that nice gentleman who was part of the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, and he conducted some rescues. Yeah, Barocas, Ma- yeah. Thank you. There you go. You he's got his name. He's still going Good. at it. Wait, he's got big huevos. Because he went to Southeast Asia, and he had some breakouts, too. Yes, he so did. So if he's not familiar with the original Peter Graves Mission Impossible show of the 70s and all, go watch some of it on YouTube, because he, kudos to him and these people with Pathic there, that we, uh, yeah. these people have well, major yeah. balls to Absolutely. go ahead. Absolutely. And, you know, and these, are di- these are dire situations right. where you have to, okay. you know, I'm going to say this. You you have to overlook the, what the law says, and you have well, to just go and take these animals. Okay, these Nancy, are countries we don't that are very abusive. Yeah, a little bit of civil disobedience might be good. Uh, that's what, okay, we could call it that civil disobedience. There you go. But, you know. Dale, what do you think? Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. So Next story. Meet Eclipse. She's a black lab and mastiff mix who travels to the park every day by herself. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 
This is a me Mayoff inspired story. Correct. This is this is so, William's story. You this found is my this story. One. Okay. So Disney's genius and all that. Yeah, you get all these beautiful cartoon characters and car- You know, Lion King, yada yada. But 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 and no discredit to the guys who are creative, the gals who are creative, and putting these characters to the silver screen. But listen, it all starts with the beautiful little animals, cats, doggies, and all that that you see around you, whether you're in friggin' upstate New York or if you're in uh, Ban- you know, Banff, Alberta, whatever the hell, wherever you are, or even if you're in, uh, in Pontypridd in, in, in Wales, okay, uh, in the UK. It's all inspired by the doggies and cats and all the other mammals that we have around there. They're cute, and then we make them into cartoon characters. So meet Eclipse. She's a black lab and mastiff mix who travels to the park Every day by herself. Picture this. In Seattle, Washington. Yeah, real pl- real stuff here. She boards the bus near her home in Seattle, Washington with a bus ticket attached to her collar and rides downtown, getting off at the park where she plays with her fellow four-legged friends. After a couple of hours, she returns to the bus stop, gets back on the bus and returns home. And there's no one with her at the bus. This is a this is a self uh, autonomous dog here, okay? Self reliant dog. The remarkable story started one day when Eclipse got tired of waiting for her guardian Jeff to finish a cigarette as the bus was pulling up. She jumped on the bus without him, and before he could react, the bus had left. Fortunately, the bus driver recognized her and dropped her off at the park before Jeff eventually caught up with her. After a few more solo trips, Jeff realized that Eclipse was more than capable of making the trip without him, so he decided to let her go by herself. Regular passengers on the bus have even gotten to know Eclipse and enjoy her company. Yeah, everybody, everybody loves her. Now, is that a story? That is And a folks story. can look them up? Can they see, see, they can see Eclipse on the internet? Yes, yes. So you can go Google Eclipse, Seattle, Washington, the doggy that takes... Uh, himself, yeah. uh, herself to the uh, yeah. the park. I think that's just there's a, a YouTube video. I think adorable. also she's on the bus and people comment on it's uh, adorable. Slow maintenance. Do Absolutely. you have plump the and you see her sitting there and everybody's just she's just quiet waiting it's for her. It's heartwarming, to get off folks. The, bus. the dog walks himself herself. <laughs> so it was. <laughs> it's heartwarming. Nancy, did we the story about plump the owl? Yes, this is your is story. It, is it? Is it coming up? Yes, this is the next. Is it next one? Yeah. Okay. Also, a little bit Mayoff inspired. That's me, Mayoff. Like the month of May and turn it off, okay? Here goes. Okay? So, January 3, 2020. Yes. Dateline, where, where is this? It's a collaborative effort here. You know, Nancy, the, we're doing Okay. Look, it'll, we'll get to that. I don't know that. what you're talking about. Okay. Even That's birds great. of prey may have trouble <laughs> losing those holiday pounds. And you know what? And, and, and maybe Dale will tell us today or uh, the next time about Cher Ami, a heartwarming oh, yes. story right. we spoke of uh, shows and shows ago. We'll bring that to the fore, okay? But check this out. Even birds of prey may have trouble losing those holiday, post-holiday pounds. A British wildlife charity has said that an owl that was found in a ditch in early January and initially thought to have been injured turned out to be simply extremely obese. The Suffolk Owl Sanctuary in eastern England told NBC News that the wet little owl was brought in by a member of the public in early January. When staff examined and weighed the bird, she was a rather chunky 245 grams, approximately 8.5 ounces. This is roughly a third heavier than a large, healthy female little owl. The extra weight meant she was unable to fly 
properly. The sanctuary's falconers decided to monitor her for a few weeks to see why she had put on weight. The sanctuary concluded that natural obesity was to blame. Yeah, she was probably big-boned. Due to an unseasonably warm December, the area where the owl was found was overflowing with field mice and voles, V-O-L-E-S. Those are also kind of mice. They're mice, too. Thank you. She stuffed herself and got very fat. Like we all do Can I relate to that? Can I relate to that? Can I relate? Can you relate? Can I relate? The owl was put on a strict diet to slim down to a more natural weight. Sanctuary staff also encouraged her to exercise in the rehabilitation. Said, what did she put on the, the strap? and exercise convivial? an owl? I, I don't know. There, there's like, probably I, I a video on that. I guess you have to force her to fly. Sheepers. Oh, Anyways, the owl lost between 20 and 30 grams. My c- c- congrats. Approximately one ounce over two and a half weeks while staff monitored her food intake. So that's like... She had to uh, cut down on chocolate and all that stuff, right? What's that? Like thirteen percent of I don't her know. body you do weight, twelve to thirteen percent of her body you weight do the in, math. in two and a half weeks. Yeah, and gosh it, darn it! it I want, email. I want to go to that center uh, and give us your reactions. Maybe they'll there. form a chain of weight loss. They call the owl, uh, re, you well, know, yeah. weight loss you know, gyms. Could, they, that owl didn't even have a name. It's uh, you yeah, well, know. it's it's plump. Is it a plump something? Plump something was called. No, no. Okay, well, the little owl was released back into the wild, flying gracefully off into the British countryside. Actually, there's also a YouTube video for that. I checked out the story. So go ahead. It's called Plump the Owl. So we bring you heartwarming, beautiful stories here. You you know, know, just just to check all this stuff out. We're light and fuzzy. Nancy, what's the phone number? What's the email address? What's the website, please? You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio and William Mayoff broadcast to you. Worldwide streaming yes. across the internet, Absolutely. live, live. Okay, you could podcast so it whenever you want. So let me say, for email those people like who don't have the opportunity to listen to the radio show live here on Sundays, two to three p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you can download the podcast and listen in your car, or listen wherever you are. Uh, we're on the basic platforms: uh, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio. So. Uh, there are many who do listen live, but there are those who uh, sometimes miss the show, so you can catch up you listen by your convenience. to the podcast. Yeah. You can write me, Nancy, at animallawlawyer.com. And if you have something to say to William, you can write me too. We just or don't Dale, have an email address for him. Our IT genius. Yeah, here. we're having a, an impossible burger debate whether or not there are two different kinds of burger pa- impossible burger True. patties. True. So. Yeah, one, one day we'll find one out. One of them is yeah. supposed to bleed. And one of them doesn't bleed, and one of them is supposed to be slightly inferior. And you know what? If uh, some impossible burger folks from corporate can call us Thank up you. and let us know if they're two different grades of your burger or if they're one uniform grade, the debate is that they have a, a less ritzy version uh, versus a more ritzy version. Yeah, All right. I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that there's only uh, one burger. But anyway, let me get on with... Also, we have... You can also write me at nancy at animalnewsmagazine.com. We do have two websites now uh, because we do have... uh, Since we have the podcasts and they're there on the website. Say it again, Nancy. Email webpage, please. Animalnewsmagazine.com. That's where you can catch the podcast. You can catch them also on the Animal Law Lawyer website. You just... Google it. We're, you're going to find Animal News Magazine, LA Talk Radio, and you can get the podcast there. 
Um, you can call in, not now because we're going to be talking to Liz White in a few seconds, but you can call us at 323-203-0815 at the beginning of the show uh, every Sunday. You can call in at the beginning of the show every Sunday and tell us whatever you want to say, as long as it relates to animals, even the smallest insect. So we're dialing now, and uh, pretty soon, hopefully, Liz White will be on the phone. Hello. Hello, Liz White. Hi. Hi, thanks. Welcome to Animal News Magazine. We're really excited to have you on the show. I'm Nancy, here with my co-host, William. William Mayoff here, too. Welcome aboard. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. Nancy, want to start? So is it, where is it freezing? Did you say, William, say this? Well, Montreal just had a couple days ago, 40 centimeters of snow, and they're cleaning up. So are you in Toronto? Yes, I'm in Toronto. How are the weather conditions out there? It's not bad at all. It's like we've had a little bit of snow, but not too much. And really, generally, the winter here has been pretty mild. Yes, you're well, spared. Good. Let's keep it that You've way. You've been spared. <laughs> so Global is, warming, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. I was going to say that. Go ahead, <laughs> yeah. So you're, let, let's talk a little bit. But the, the first thing, when I found out about this Animal Action Party of Canada and I looked you up, I thought, how how does it happen? How did this, how did, how did this occur? Did you wake up one morning and say... I want to create an animal action party. I mean, tell us a little bit about your background and how you this party was created. So we started out back in 1990 as Animal Alliance, which is a federally incorporated non-for-profit organization dedicated to protecting animals and the environment. And um, we've always been very political, which is why we're a non-profit and not a charity. Um, and in 1999, we did a 10-year retrospective of what we had accomplished, what we hadn't accomplished, and why we had failed in some areas, and realized that although we did a lot of political work, we needed to do a whole lot more, and in fact, really needed to be engaged in electoral politics. So we formed an entity called Environment Voters, and um, for a period of time, we operated under that. In 2000, a little bit before 2005, when we formed the party, there was a Supreme Court ruling which said that um, entities could form political parties much easier than was previously requ- was previously required, and so we took opportunity that opportunity um, to contact our supporters and see if they were interested in doing that, which of course they were, and so in 2005 and 2006 we formed the Animal Protection Party of Canada, and interestingly. Um, Jordan, my colleague, Jordan Reichert, who's in Victoria, and myself visited the Netherlands because they have uh, a party called the Party for the Animals, and they've elected 60 people to various levels of government, and they've actually begun to really change the debate and the discussion there about what happens to animals in research and on farms and all sorts of uh, issues, which we have very, very great difficulty discussing here. Um, so it became kind of um, it became kind of an incentive for us to really uh, take the party and build it into something, understanding that under first past the post system, which is what we have now, the likelihood of getting anybody elected is pretty slim. But if we ever got proportional representation, which we have said is one of our goals to to get done, I think we would have um, a respectable chance at actually getting somebody elected at the federal level. That's great. Did you get any, you got some of the popular uh, vote, uh, Liz, is that correct? 
We did. It's very small. We had, for the first time, we ran 17 candidates okay. uh, across Canada. Um, was this and, the first time in a federal mm-hmm. election? For, forgive our ignorance. Is the first time? Oh, in the last federal election, yes. In so. The vote was in October of 2019. Right. Uh, we debate. ran 17 candidates all across Canada. Right. Um, all ran as vegan um, right. and animal rights, and um, and everybody did very well. But very well in our scheme of things is not getting thousands of votes; it's getting hundreds of votes. Yeah, of course. So under the first past the post system, it's really hard to get a lot of votes. Now, why is it hard to get a lot of votes under the current system? Is it the way the the, 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 the districts are divided? I mean, what's the issue? The issue is uh, pretty simple, really. Um, there are two really dominant parties, right. the conservatives and the liberals. And then there's the NDP, which is relatively dominant but comes and goes. Right. There's the bloc, which can be very dominant and not so dominant. Um, and and often regional. So what we have is this very weird system where the vast majority of people um, voted in the last election for a progressive mandate, and that's why the Conservatives did not win. But under that, they punished Trudeau by... he lost about a million votes to the Greens, the NDP, and the Bloc oh. for not having, for pretending to have a progressive platform and not having one. So under the first past the post, people normally gravitate to the um, pre-existing parties, and other parties tend not to get those uh, very many votes. So the what the proportional representation does is it means that every vote is counted right. that they're all weighed they're all weighed in proportion to you know who's who's on the ballot and who voted for whom as opposed to you know once you get to um more numbers than the other guy then you win when you win even though in a riding for example other people may have you know if you have the ndp and other parties uh there's a majority of votes against but but the person who gets the 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 num the the most number wins right proportional representation is more democratic let me ask you a question did the green party steal any votes from you did they have any position on animal welfare and so forth or similar planks that that you have in your platform the green party well it it that's an interesting question because um you know we we certainly like to support um people who have progressive positions on things. Um, I would say that the Green Party uh, has, it has an animal platform. It's not hugely progressive. It's not extreme, it's not that great on, for example, agriculture animals, which is surprising to me because we know that agriculture animals, the intensive agriculture system that we have, is a huge contributor to global warming and greenhouse gases. And that's not to mention, of course, all the pain and suffering, huge numbers of animals that die. So from an environmental perspective, I would... I have thought that the Green Party would have a much more progressive right. position on right. farm animals, which they don't really. Um, but so Liz, in when a, you're in saying sense, farm animals, it was it, disappointing. T- tell me what you mean when you're saying farm animals. Sorry? Tell me, please, what you mean when you're saying farm animals. You, you're talking about raising pigs and cows for slaughter. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah, so pigs, 
cows, chickens. We, we kill uh, about three quarters of a billion farm animals a year. Most of them are chickens. Um, and the, um, the, what that contributes to uh, global warming and greenhouse gases is, is substantial, according to the United Nations report. And Canada is no different than any other country in terms of its intensive animal agriculture situation. Um, and it's, it's, the, it's the, in quotes, elephant in the room because people just don't want to talk about it. No political party really, other than ours, wants to talk about that as an issue, even though we have to, in order for us to get to our target in greenhouse gases, we have to deal with intensive animal agriculture in this country and begin to move people away from um, eating the numbers of animals that they do. Well, you know, the, I think my, my, I think that that's what's going on is that these politicians um, are supported by uh, dairy farmers, big agri- you know livestock lobby people who pay big bucks uh, into their campaigns to make sure that they get reelected. So. How likely is it to, um, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but that has to change. And we have, you know. The lobbying system. The lobbying system yeah. has, to, and I don't think that the people really think about that. You know, they don't realize that. Right. The, the, the good thing in Canada is that they've really cut back on the amount of money that lobbyists can give to political parties. So um, corporations um, can't give um, individuals can only give, and they can only give a maximum. I think we're up to six sixteen hundred and fifty dollars in a year. Okay. Um, so it's it's substa- It isn't like the states anymore, and it isn't open in that good, regard. Good. However, it's really interesting that 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 the lobbying part of it, as you talked about, the connections that the dairy farmers and others have with government. That really hasn't changed a lot, even though the money has. Sure. Liz, tell like me the something. Good old boys, Liz- the, 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 the little, the good old boys club. Right. Yeah. 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 Got it. Liz, tell me something. So, if, if you had a great day, great week, uh, just tell me what your platform is. The Animal Protection Party of Canada. What What do you want to see change? What are your goals? So our platform part? for Please. anybody can go online and read it. It's pretty comprehensive. Tell us online. Tell them your webpage and what you guys advocate. Uh, on so the part the platform is designed to um, deal with animal protection issues like. and also deal with environmental issues. So it the the intent of the platform from all perspectives is to get where we need to get in terms of global warming and greenhouse gases, and that's advantageous in promoting that because it helps animals and it helps the environment and it helps us. But, so. But- we advocate things like um, a steady state economy, which most people don't really know what that means, but it means that in the course of establishing what your, uh, what your economy is going to look like, you have to roll in what the environmental impacts of what you do. And in order to be a sustainable economy, you have to make your activities environmentally sustainable. So it begins to take in every aspect of that. So we're talking about dealing with social justice issues because that means that people aren't falling behind, that we, we have a completely different way of looking at and measuring the economy than we do now. Liz, let me ask right you now, something. it's about consumption. Let, the more you consume, the better it is, and the, and the world just can't go on doing that. Let, right. let me ask you something. 
as yeah. far as headline grabbing goes, okay? Because we hear, and it's these are these are righteous, just causes, global warming, they are existential threat, and all that, you know, greenhouse gas. We know, but are there transgressions? Are there abuses, atrocities going on from Victoria to Halifax, like horribly egregious that you guys want to put an end to right now? That you, you know. Campaigns yep. that you're working you understand? On right now? Well, it's horrible. I in know Toronto. exactly. Yep. In Scarborough, they're doing that, or in Winnipeg, yep. they're doing this. There's slaughterhouses yep. here. It's horrible. And 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 Trudeau goes to India, thinks he's a hippie like his dad. So yep. so, so give me some attention grabbers, because with the greatest respect, you know, Bernie Sanders and all they talk. You know, so what what I'm trying to say is, give me some attention grabbers. Something the atrocities are going on right now that you guys want yep. to put an end to, and of course. That'll that'll ultimately lead to don't eat cows because you, the footprint is horribly big and you can yes. do other things and less screw up the environment and not heat up this globe. I, I don't mean to, to cut you, but you understand what I'm saying? Tell me something. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. No, sesame. that's great. The, I'd right. like to talk about the, the one thing that we're focusing on right now Thank is you. the Frontier Bitumen Mine, which Nancy. is an down. enormous mine going up down. near Wood Buffalo National Park. And the reason why we're focusing on it is because the Liberal government has yet to make a decision about whether they're going to move forward with it. This is a mine that will be the size of Vancouver. Okay. It's close to Wood Buffalo National Park. It impacts the free-roaming bison, which is the only free-roaming herd left, now you're and whooping now you're crane talking. flight and nesting areas. Oh. And the That's government right is actually considering the possibility of, of approving this mine. So not only does Beautiful. it impact the environment, means we can't meet our our uh, our greenhouse gas emission targets, but it also is going to hugely impact a park that is a protected area for bison and whooping cranes, which we've spent the last like 40 or 50 years bringing Disgusting. back from the brink of extinction. Disgusting. So how where is crazy this? Where is Columbia that? Where, where is this? Where do you say it was? It's, it's in uh, just next in northern Alberta, Thank you. about 35 kilometers from Wood Buffalo National Park. And if you go and, and, and look at what the possibility of the site looks like, it's, it looks like the oil sands, but bigger. Wow. So we have this huge decision that's going to be made that's going to impact wildlife and the environment and water and fish and First Nations communities for the next, I think it's, the, it's to go for the next 50 or 60 years. Next, next generation. Um, so that's two. one. Please um, tell us this, and we'll showcase it. We'll see what we can do about it. Yes, it's on our website. If you go there, you tell can get some website, information Liz. about it. Tell us your website, please. Yes, and on uh, tomorrow begins. We're running television ads on CTV, um, asking people to act. T- tell us your website, please. Give us the name of your website. Oh, yes, on that one, it's um, animalprotectionparty.ca. Beautiful. Now, you mentioned something about charity stuff. Do you take contributions? We take contributions. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very that's much. How we, so, yeah, that's how we uh, we do business. What, is uh, people If people want to give to the party, amen. please, you can give as, as high as $1,650. Um, and the sweet spot is $400. Get $300 back. So you get a tax, you get a, a direct, directly off your taxes, $300. Oh, so it's a really good Are deal. Are they a charity too, Nancy, when they call Amazon? Can I 
I don't know that they're on smile.amazon.com. Okay. Are, are you on? Uh, are you not listed on smile.amazon.ca? I'm not sure. No, you have to give directly to the party. It can't go through a second gotcha. secondary. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay, secondary story. So, yeah. so Liz, we don't mean you know we're obviously restricted as the time. So what other headline grabbing thing? When these kids and these people and folks across the globe go see a movie, their wondrous buffalo bison and all that stuff. What other you know tragedy or potential tragedies going, going, going if they develop you know the tar stands? What, what other catastrophes or potential catastrophes are going on that people could, could resonate with people and they could say, hey, yeah. you know, it's not business as usual. There's there's a conscience, there's a party out there that's trying to help and do something. You have others. Well, stuff? in in British Columbia and Alberta, there's a flat out attack on wolves, oh. um, and the the cover is that they're trying to protect the caribou. Um, and the scapegoats are the wolves because the British Columbia government, for example, is not really doing anything to protect caribou habitat. In fact, oh. they're, uh, you know, the latest report shows that there was, they're just exploiting the habitat, knowing that the, the, these animals are going to become extinct. So they're running aerial, aerial uh, targeting of wolves. They radio collar female so that they can track the wolves and they shoot them from helicopters and they've killed many many wolves the same thing is going on in alberta this massive aerial killing but on top of it alberta and saskatchewan use strychnine and compound 1080 to also poison wolf packs um to protect uh, livestock and and so liz um, so this, this is a fraud and a sham correct right it's yes. Okay, so they, what, what we should need to be do done? is protect the, its old growth. And in fact, it ties right into the frontier mine because all of that land that's going the size of Vancouver is all old growth forest, and that's what caribou depend on. And so, that if frontier goes forward, all of that caribou habitat will be gone, just gone. So. It's, uh, it what can is, we do to you know, help? It's unbelievable that, um, that this is what the government is getting away with. Is there a petition out there to prevent, uh, to stop all this? Yes, if you go to um, Wolf Awareness or if you, if you Google We Howl, you will come to a website uh, that, that deals with this specific thing. We're working with a coalition of people. Um, to to actually uncover this and see if we can get the poisons, strychnine compound 1080 and sodium cyanide banned from use. It's a it's it's approved by Health Canada, unbelievably. Health Canada, <laughs> the, wow. the, the 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 agency that's supposed to take care of our health, is agreeing to allow these poisons out in the environment. So how do they and, uh, distribute these poisons? I mean, how do they spray them? I mean, what do they probably do? in food? In probably, food, uh, in, how do they? Yeah, they they're, they come. They come in very, so if you're livestock, you put a collar around a sheep's neck, and in the collar is embedded compound 1080 or strychnine, whatever, and the wolf, if the wolf or the coyote comes and tries to bite the sheep, it bites into this and gets poisoned. Um, So there's that, they use tablets, they use a variety of different, um, the uh, sodium cyanide, they use what they call a bomb. It uh, some if it triggers off a, a spray, and uh, and poisons animals. They that don't way. do that so, in, ca- in California because they're afraid that it'll it'll poison the food chain and go down from exactly. the mountain lines in California to your get, cats, get dogs, to the, to, 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 yeah, to the water. To, yep. So they're afraid they have more conscience. Uh, yep. But this is great stuff. Any, anything else you can Actually, showcase? I would like to yeah, talk more. just the, there's a really interesting thing unfolding in Ontario. We have 
conservative government, progressive conservative government in Ontario under Doug Ford. Um, and he's been asked by the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters, who are clearly not friends of animals, right. to help them get the cormorant population under control. Now, cormorants are these blackbirds that eat fish. These mm. What we have here is double-crested cormorants. They were driven to, virtually to extinction twice um, in the last hundred years, and they've all of a sudden made this significant comeback. What the Ford government is proposing, that you can hunt cormorants 291 days out of the year you can kill 50 birds a day oh. every day for 291 days which is most and of the you can year. do it everywhere oh and goodness. and this is what what really what they're running because we have you have to hold a small game permit to do it and there's almost 200,000 small game permit holders so you can see where we're going with this this right. is an extermination program right. this is really shocking stuff oh because goodness. Um, cormorants, we know cormorants are susceptible to being driven to close to extinction, and this is what we're facing here. So we're working very hard to see if we can get the cormorants listed federally as a migratory bird, which is what they are, under the Migratory Bird Convention Act, and take the responsibility away from the provinces oh, that's right. for the care of these take birds. Take it away from provincial now, jurisdiction. So there the you go. Does the general public know yeah. all this? Do no. they know what's going on? Yeah, does the, the public, public know? Do people in Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Vancouver know about this stuff? Awareness? It's mostly been in Ontario because it's been so Ontario-focused. But we're in the process of putting together a much broader campaign because we want to get federal engagement in the process right, to see right. if we can get these birds listed at the federal level. Have you solicited college campuses? Because Nancy and I went to Halifax. There was an animal conference there yeah. on the lawn. Yes. It was just so progressive, so so avant-garde. So refreshing oh, to yeah. see you know, these young law students or people from they, different walks of life just coming yeah. together. So, you know, this is... Um, it just takes time, but you know. But just that's takes a time. great idea to get on the federal domain. Do you think they'll be more sympathetic to get rid of Ontario as far as them, uh, you know, issuing the hunting permits kind of thing? And so, don't know, but I think one of the things that I hope comes out of this show today is that, you know, we, people tend not to be politically engaged, right? right. And you have to be. Right. You have to go and talk to your MLA or yeah, your yeah. MPP. Right. You have to go and talk to your local federal politician. The politicians think that animals, you know, I, I've been to Europe and talked to, the politicians there know all about animal issues. Even in the States, they know more. Here you go and visit with your MP and they know nothing about these issues because most of us are completely absent from the discussion when they're running and from going to talk to them and holding them accountable after the election when they're, when, when they're back in We've Parliament. Make it a I mean, most become... people don't even know that this frontier uh, bitumen mine is going in. Oh so we, we have to become more politically engaged, and we can't let them get away with this stuff. We've got to make it part of the debate. Actually, we run out of time, Liz, but we'd like to, for you to come back on the show because uh, this I is important that. stuff. Liz, you got to come back. You're, 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 you're great. You're we really good guest. We want to talk more about what's going on and what's yeah. being done about sure. it and yeah. how we're engaging the public and uh, 
William and, and I are going to figure out a way to get this out there even more so because, uh, you know, discussion. like shooting wolves. I mean, there's right. just too much barbaric stuff going on. It's just unacceptable. So we're really yep. out of time. And if but Justin wants to be youthful and hippie and all that progressive and, you know, his cabinet that diversified it all, let him let him give a hoot a little bit about the environment, the bison, the, the birds, all these issues that you're bringing to the fore. Let him let him be a hippie in, in a good way, too, for yeah, the environment. You see what I'm saying? Liz, that would be great. Honestly. Okay. That would be that would be an, uh, that would be a great advancement. Amen. Liz, thank we'll you help so you. much. We'll be in touch because we'll we really you. want to have you back. Thanks Honest. a lot. Okay, that would be great. Right. Have you. a good evening. Take care. Appreciate Bye. it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was a she was a great guest, Nancy. This she was, was, she uh, was super. Liz, yeah, I'm, Liz, Liz I'm, I'm White. speechless. Uh, yeah. I'm really speechless. Canadians have to get more uh, proactive here. We, we really need care. to make some changes here because right. this is just, no, not well, good. Not good at all. We're a medium um, source. I really and appreciate her informing us and enlightening us like this. So, um, annualprotectionparty.ca, any contribution you can make, go to the website. Good all cause, their, folks. All their, 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 their policies, their You'll positions, it's yeah. all there. You'll sleep uh, better at night. Please uh, do your part. Yeah. You know, you're impacted in every way. Even if you do eat meat, fish, whatever, even if you don't like cats, uh, you will be impacted. Um, health matters, environmental matters. This matters to all of us. This is important to all of us. So thank you for spending this time with us. And if you um, have any comments, nancy at animallawlawyer.com. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for your attention, everybody. Have Bye. a great evening. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio.